Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. It is June 5th, 2023. This is Alex and this is our Monday show where we take a look back at the weekend and a look at the week to come. On the show today, we have a check-in for stocks and crypto, the latest from Reddit and Twitter as they chase revenue growth in that tough social media category, Canva and the late stage revaluation, and then we'll close with a WWDC preview. It's going to be great. Let's go. Let's start with a look at the global stock market. Shares rose today in Asia, with Japanese shares hitting some highs not seen in decades. Stocks were mixed over in Europe and Over here in the US, I'm going to say they're largely flat in pre-market trading. Now, earnings this week. Yep, apparently this just never ends. So on Monday, we'll hear from GitLab and Sprinkler. Tuesday, we'll be Yext, Couchbase, and Stitch Fix. Wednesday, HashiCorp, Smartsheet, and Rent the Runway. Thursday, DocuSign and Braze. And then Friday will be EV Company Neo. It's going to be great. Turning the page, let's talk about crypto. And guess what, my friends? The value of major cryptocurrencies is once again not that much changed this week. If you want to buy a whole Bitcoin, it'll cost you around $27,000, down a little bit from last week, if I recall. And one ETH is worth a little bit less than $1,900 per coin. Once again, not that changed. Keep in mind, the backdrop here is that exchange trading volume remains on a downward tilt in crypto land and crypto-focused VCs are raising far less capital this year than in the last few. Now, why is that? Well, I think it's issues like we've seen recently with Atomic Wallet, a product that describes itself as a, quote, decentralized wallet used by more than 5 million users. What's going on? Well, a recent compromise of Atomic led to tens of millions of dollars in crypto being lost. And the Atomic team is still looking into causes, but did note on Twitter that it says that less than 1% of its monthly active users were affected, and the last drain transaction was now 40 hours in the past. So it does seem that the crisis is over. However, this sort of thing seems to happen too often. Put another way, the way that current crypto products are built seems to leave them too vulnerable to regular hacks. And sure, there are similar issues in the trad banking world, I know. But when my credit card was recently compromised, my provider blocked the first weird transaction, called me, reversed it, and sent me a new card quickly. It's just not quite the same in crypto land. And I've been talking on this show about how crypto needs a new product innovation to rekindle its hype and give it another cycle. But maybe that next big thing is actually not new at all, but is instead just a safe way to interact with the blockchain that is usable and approachable by regulars. The basics, in other words. Next up, social media is hard. So Reddit is a super valuable private tech company that runs a collection of forums on the internet. Given the vibrancy of its user base, it's a big ass website and digital service. And like many such services, it offers an API to developers so that they can build atop itself. Very standard. The company, which is worth billions of dollars and does need to go public as soon as the IPO window opens up, at least by our reckoning, has announced recent changes to its API setup. And there were a lot of little notes, but the gist is that free access to the Reddit API will soon be held accountable to its actual terms of service, mostly, which used to provide 60 queries per minute, even if many apps actually went way above that. The new terms will allow for a Reddit app, third party, to call the API 100 times per minute if it's using an OAuth client ID. Now, that's probably enough for research but not really for a major third-party Reddit client. So for larger apps, Reddit is going to start charging. And the company says, quote, our pricing is 24 cents per 1,000 API calls, which equates to less than $1 per user monthly for a reasonably operated app. The latest is that many third-party Reddit apps are saying things like, 
WTF? That would cost us millions of dollars per year. To which I presume that Reddit would reply, yeah, we know, we've been paying for it for you for years. However, despite the generally clear business logic behind Reddit trying to charge app developers for value, the Reddit community is, surprise, up in arms. Reddit users don't care about the company's valuation, its cash burn rate, or revenue growth, and so you can kind of see why different folks here are at loggerheads. The Verge reports that several large subreddits are actually promising a multi-day blackout in protest of the app charging changes, and so we're going to see what Reddit does in the wake of that choice. My guess here is that Reddit finds a lower price point or case-by-case way to charge third-party apps that doesn't kill them, but also helps Reddit cover the costs of running its API. The gist here is that the free lunch period is over, and all the old rules that we had in the last 10 years are being torn up and rewritten as companies realize that they probably gave away too much for too little for too long. Sticking to social media for a minute, the New York Times reported earlier today that Twitter's own revenues are falling sharply compared to year-ago totals. The Times wrote that, quote, Twitter's U.S. advertising revenue for the five weeks from April 1st to the first week of May was $88 million, down 59% from a year earlier, according to an internal presentation obtained by the publication. The Times added that Twitter has, quote, regularly fallen short of its U.S. weekly sales projections, sometimes by as much as 30%. Now, is that actually enough revenue to pay for Twitter? The answer is probably not looking at some back-of-the-envelope math. Let me help. Back in January, The Street reported that Twitter's debt raised during its sale to Elon Musk costed around $1.5 billion a year in interest payments alone. At the pace set in the period from April 1st through the first week of May, Twitter ad revenue would be on track in the U.S. to come in at around $915 million for a year, give or take. Naturally, the company makes money in other regions and also has pushed more heavily into subscription products, so this is not the only revenue source for the company. But given that the American market is a key advertising locale for any social media service, and the fact that after paying its debt costs, the company has to pay its team and server expenses, it looks like really hard math. So when it comes to Reddit, clearly valuable, hard to monetize. When it comes to Twitter, we all use it, hard to monetize. Social media just sounds tough. Moving towards a close here, let's talk about the revenge of the mutual funds. TechCrunch reports that T. Rowe Price, a mutual fund goliath that has invested heavily into late-stage startups for over a decade, has marked down the value of its stake in Canva even more dramatically than we knew, adjusting it by a whopping 67.6%. Now, the context here is that T. Rowe's blue chip growth fund owns several classes of Canva shares, but predominantly Series A shares. It's put about $99.1 million into Canva and states in its most recent prospectus, dated March 31st, that it now values those shares on a cost-adjusted basis at about $32.1 million. Now, this should sound familiar. We've seen similar mutual fund activity. We've seen reports of lower valuations for investments into unicorns like Baiju's and Swiggy. And that means that we are seeing many mutual funds decide that their recent investments are just not worth what they were. And Baiju's, in case you didn't know, and especially if you are my dear sister Emily, is a massive Indian edtech company that grew aggressively during the pandemic and is now dealing with a changed economic climate and a very different venture capital landscape. Anyways, Canva fired back that it is profitable, growing, and doing just fine. Thank you very much. And here's the thing. Profitable companies can afford to tell investors to pound sand. Other unicorns, not so much. And then something that we don't usually talk about on the show, but I do think matters, is WWDC, or as I pronounce it, Woodka. 
Anyways, it's today and we are expecting iOS updates, new Macs, but really all eyes are going to be on the upcoming and expected to be announced Apple Mixed Reality Headset or whatever the hell that turns out to be. It could be a big day for hardware, for consumers, for enterprise, for gamers. I don't know. No one really knows for sure, but we're all very excited. And I bring all this up because I, as always, have been assigned to watch the stock market during the Apple event. So I'll be watching it and also watching the stocks. And I just, I really hope that Apple announces something that is either so great or so terrible that something interesting happens to stocks. Because every time they have an event, I watch, and every time, nothing happens. So here's to today being more interesting. That's at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and it will be all over TechCrunch.com. And that is our show for this fine Monday morning. Don't forget, you can keep up with Equity every day of the week on Twitter, where we tweet under the handle EquityPod. And right now we are running our yearly equity listener survey. And that means we want to hear from you, my friend. So go to bit.ly slash equity pod survey, capital E, capital P, capital S. It is case sensitive. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what's not good. Tell me how awesome and handsome I am. You know, the important stuff. Also this week, don't forget that we have Chain Reaction found and the TechCrunch podcast coming out. That means that the TechCrunch podcast network is busy and firing on all cylinders just for you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Equity is hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm, and TechCrunch Senior Reporter, Mary Ann Azevedo. We are produced by Teresa Loconsolo with editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. And a big thank you to the audience development team and Henry Picavet, who manages TechCrunch Audio Products. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.